talking with your mother to save money. Good Sunday morning. Welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkies. Sunday Rise. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy KG coming through with a little NFL soul power. So we're going to start this off hot and heavy. And we're just going to jump into it. You know, last night, great show with the People's Choice Don Rodriguez with the WrestleManiacs. Um, it felt good to get some frustrations out, shoot on, on, on a division, and, you know, talk about those WWE cuts. Now we got to talk about the NFL. We talked about it Thursday night on the Thursday night throwdown with uh, the boss BJ. And we sat down and we talked about Henry Ruggs and this whole situation. Now he's facing up to 46 years in prison. Not only for doing 156, crashing into the back of a young lady, killing her and her dog, having a blood alcohol level that was twice the legal limit, having an unregistered firearm in a vehicle. And now he's also uh, facing two additional felony charges due to injuries suffered by his passenger in a crash. So uh, this is this is crazy, you know. You made a mistake. Now you're getting ready to go away for almost fifty years, and it's a mistake that could have been prevented. Same thing we said Thursday night. It's just more and more things are coming out, and they say he was driving a Camaro, a Chevy Camaro. So, and the young lady that passed away is Tina Tentor. And it's just mm, max prison sentence, 46 years, which is absolutely positively crazy. But my motto is I wouldn't care if he was my own son. You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. You have enough money to get a lift a Uber, a chauffeur, you got enough money to do these things. Even if it's only for the nights that you go out, you got enough money not to get behind the wheel and make these type of decisions. I feel bad for that young lady's family that they have to go through this. Like I said on Thursday, Henry Ruggs, I feel no way about him. You messed up, you pay the price. That's sitting that's all. Like I said, we'll keep an eye on it, see what happens. Uh, but this is not a good look at all. He's already been released by the Raiders. So that's said and done. Career over. Now, moving on. Speaking of careers on the line, Odell Beckham Jr. Released by the Browns released by the Browns how do you get released by the Browns well you have your dad make a video well your dad makes a video you didn't have him do it but your dad makes a video and shows all the times that Baker left you open 
you know, didn't throw you the ball and things like that. And uh, it caused a little dissension with the team. That is conduct detrimental to the team. That's what it is. The Browns released him. He went down waivers unclaimed. <sighs> this morning, about 4.57, Adam Schefter writes, Odell Beckham Jr. wants to join postseason contender for the remainder of an NFL season. And you know for a fact, if he's not on a contender, he's going to cause trouble by any to, with any team he signs. Let's just say, hypothetically, he signs with Washington. Washington is 2-6. and six. He's going to have a problem here. And it's going to be bad. He's going to wind up getting cut again. So you you got to look at that with OBJ and really and truly his antics. And I've said this when he was in New York. Uh, Eli's last season, I said it while he was in New York. He had a, a game against Philly. They were down 14, nope, 21 nothing to Philly. And he caught a touchdown. And he doing a little dog crawl on the, on, the, on the goal line. And he goes over to the bench. And he starts standing on the bench in front of the, all the cameras flock over to him. Everybody that was sitting on the bench got up and moved. All the cameras on the bench. He's sitting there, you know, doing all these antics. And yeah, you see these hands, y'all down 21-7, bro. You're down 21-7. The first thing you should have done when you guys hit a bench, all right, let's go out there and get another one. Come on, defense. Go get the ball back so we can get another one. That's all you had to do. But instead, you up in the camera, you want to be the spotlight and all that. Those antics right there. Those right there when you're losing. Now, if you're winning, fine. But you're down 21-7. Now, he wound up going out there catching another touchdown, making it 21-14. But they still lost the game. Your coach shouldn't have to tell you, hey, hey, come here. Stop it. No, no coach should have to tell a grown man to stop it. It's the antics like that that make me wonder if OBJ is even coachable. Is he the type of player that you really want on your team? Yes, he's an, a, a talent. But if you think about it, think long and hard. His career was pretty much made off of one catch against Dallas. That one-handed catch, that's what his career was made off of. After that, what has he done? He didn't elevate the Giants. He didn't elevate Cleveland like he was supposed to. Him and Juice Landry together was supposed to be the best one-two combo in the league. He didn't elevate them like he was supposed to. What has he done, honestly, to make you say as a football fan, not a team, a football fan, that OBJ is an elite receiver? What has he done? Now, we got two of the fellow side junk sideline junkies joining us now. Of course, you got the man that writes the checks. Make sure everything keeps working around here. You got the boss, BJ. Good football Sunday morning, everybody. What's up, fellas? What's going on? You got the man of the hour, Tower Power, too sweet to ever be sour. Delante. What's good? What's good? What's good? What's Back happening? at it. Not much, man, but I'm spelling morning M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G because 
my team is going to get murdered today. <laughs> and speaking of which, speaking of first, let me before we we get onto that because I got something to say to the Dallas Cowboy fans. I have something to say to Dallas Nation, and it's going to surprise a lot of people. But this whole OBJ situation, fellas, do you feel he will be picked up by another team? Uh, yeah. So I, I was reading that um, he, he he will only um, he's he prefers to go to a uh, a contending team. Um, but the thing is, like he's become such a cancer, and then his father putting up that video, man, was such a bad look um, for his his entire brand. Period. It's I don't know. It's, it's teams gonna be hesitant. Teams gonna be hesitant because it's like when you sign him. His father will be somewhere in the background, probably making another video. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Well, he's definitely going to land with another team. And, um, you know, I was listening to big guy KG when I, you know, hopped on here and him just laying out OBJ's, you know, so far career. And um, for the most part, I don't, you know, I, I agree with everything he was saying about his tenure at the Giants. For the most part, I, I don't remember any type of blow up or diva moment at the Browns. I think his father releasing the tape was the to, if it was any strain, we, you know, we didn't see it outside. You know, for the, for the most part, it looked like the only thing we may have seen was him frustrated at Baker for not hitting him when he was, he thought he was open or when he was wide open. I mean, because, you know, his father put the tape out. Yeah, it was uh, kind of, you know, uh, I mean, you can call it petty. You can call it whatever you want. But, you know, he, he missed him a lot. And we know Baker's been struggling. So in Cleveland, I don't want to say Odell's been a model citizen, but he definitely wasn't what he was at the Giants. Now, with that being said, he's definitely going to get picked up. He's a talent. Um, I think that. His behavior in Cleveland shows you that he can, you know, kind of chill out. And, you know, that's what you want to see. You know, I know Seattle's at the end of the list of teams that can claim him on waivers. Um, but, you know, he has every right to, you know, demand what he wants. It's just what teams can hold that that type of diva superstar. Well, and I, I and I say superstar lightly. I say superstar is, is in terms of media presence, the, the the type of attention he's going to draw, the questions that have to be asked. Not on the field play. I'm not talking about on the field play because I don't think we're talking about a superstar receiver when we say Odell Beckham Jr. I think he's talented, but not you know he's not Devontae Adams. He's not um, D Hop. He's not AJ Brown. You know he's not these guys. So I think he definitely will get picked up. I mean, we're talking about Josh Gordon getting his 119th um, chance on the Chiefs. He would definitely get picked up. He will get his wish. One of the contenders are going to to pull the trigger. Who? Who who has a strong enough um, team, leaders, to take him on? That's, That's going to be the question. That's a good daggone question. That is a good question. But 
like I said, it's going to be trouble, trouble if he goes anywhere but to a contender because he's going to he's going to sign just to get the money and then it's going to be a problem. I don't, I don't think it's going to be any uh, money. No, nope. I was just about to say that. Yeah, I think I think we're talking about veteran minimum. I don't think he's it's not going to be no big signing bonus. It's going to be a prove yourself contract. Like, hey, you want to come to a contender? We're going to reach out to you, and you're kind of like that Antonio Brown, his situation. Like, yeah, you're you know you're greatly talented, but. We don't feel like dealing with your antics, and if you give us any type of thing, we're going to give you a contract that we could cut you immediately. And, and, and it's not a big cap hit or any cap hit at all. So yeah, he's definitely on a prove status. Um, you know, like you say, you know, not only he had to deal with him, but his father comes along with that, and probably whoever else. You know, because um, I'm sure he has an entourage. You know, it's just it's just things you got to deal with with certain players and people. And as a team, as a whole, if you got a good, good, good locker room, you have to ask yourself if you want to bring that in and deal with that. For a guy that might get upset because he's not getting the targets in one game, you know. Well, yeah, that that's the truth, you know, and that's always the thing being upset about the targets. So we shall see. But I, I've heard so many places for him to go. None of them really good. They they somebody said uh he could go to uh New Orleans because Mike Michael Thomas is out. Nobody in New Orleans wants him. Sean Payton's not gonna put up with that. You got some coaches that you know will coddle a player, but then you got some coaches like, you know what, I'm not gonna put up with this. I'm running a team. I don't have time to do this. And Sean Payton is one of those guys. So But but Sean Payton Payton is also a strong enough figure to just like Bruce Arians, he got to deal with Tom Brady. Tom Brady's a diva too. Yeah. Okay, Tom Brady's good. a diva. He got Antonio Brown. He got he got three receivers that can start on anybody's team: Godwin, Evans, Antonio Brown. I mean, and not just any any type of start. These are number one receivers. Mm-hmm. He has to deal with three receivers and a diva at Tom Brady because you know Tom Brady is Tom Brady. And he doesn't put up with it, you know, for the most part, you know, and and that's the type of leadership you need if you're going to get, oh, you know, like Pete Carroll could deal with it. Pete Carroll could deal with it. Bruce Arians. Uh, I don't know if McCarthy, McCarthy could deal with it in Dallas. I think Dallas as a whole could deal with it because Dallas already gets so much media attention anyway. So that's not that's not going to be nothing new. It's not going to be probably any more cameras in in a Dallas locker room than it normally already is. So, you know, you know, I would say the Packers, but they have a whole bunch of issues with Aaron Rodgers right now. You know, um, Buffalo, I don't, I don't think Buffalo has the leadership to deal with that. They have a, 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 a good locker room, good camaraderie. They don't have, like Josh Allen is the, the team's captain, but they don't have a dominant, like vocal leader. Josh is that, you know, he, he, he'll talk some, you know, to, to get the, the team pepped up and stuff, but he's not no – I mean, I, I don't want to say he's not a trash talker because he is, but he's not super vocal. And I, and I think if Odell got out of line, quote, unquote, you know, who's going to put him back in his place? Bruce Arians could. Pete Carroll could. Russell Wilson could. 
you know, you, you really got to, you know, sit down. Like, and like I said, once he said that he's only going to play for a contender, it's only a handful of teams in that now. So those teams have to decide Dallas, Green Bay, Buffalo, Tennessee, Baltimore, Cle- uh, Cincinnati, uh, the Raiders. They just lost rugs. That would be probably a, a really good move for the Raiders. You know, because OBJ could come in there and take, you know, his targets. So it, it's a couple of teams that, you know, got got some decisions to make to see if they want to bring him in. Agree with that. And I think the Raiders situation would be pretty ideal. Give Derek Carr another weapon. So now looking at this full slate of games and speaking of the Browns, the Browns go down the road to Cincinnati for the Paul, what I like to call the Paul Brown Bowl. If you don't know what that means, the Browns were coached by Paul Brown. The Bengals were founded by Paul Brown and also coached by Paul Brown. Cincinnati Bengals, Cleveland Browns, Bengal Bowl. I'm sorry, Paul Brown Bowl. But the Bengals will win this one. They're two-point favorites. I think the Bengals will win this one. But uh, over-under is 47 and a half. So that one's probably going to be a shootout. Now, Delonte's... This is your interest for this game. And this is something I got to say about Dallas. Now, this is coming from me as a football fan, not a Washington football team fan. As a football fan, Dallas plays Denver today in Dallas. They're nine and a half point favorites. Over-under is 49 and a half. The Dallas Cowboys look so good this year. CeeDee Lamb balling. Amari Cooper balling. Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott. Balling that offensive line, struggling because of injuries, but they are holding up. This is something that I never thought I would say in a million years. If the Cowboys can keep on this track, keep winning consistently, they stay healthy. All the major pieces stay healthy. And then, you know, if somebody does get hurt, next man up and it doesn't miss a beat. The Cowboys may be a, a, a Super Bowl favorite. And I'm saying that now, and we're in week nine. The Cowboys may be a Super Bowl favorite. Not, And if they do, I wouldn't even be mad at it because they worked hard at it. I'd, I'd be mad more at the fan base because they'll never shut up. But it's a possibility if they don't collapse like they normally do in late November and all of December. Dallas has moved in the front of a Super Bowl favorite. I said it. I'm going to stand on it. But that's only if everything works out to the point that Dallas doesn't go through a rash of injuries. They don't get big headed and stop playing ball the way that they are. It's the only way that's going to happen. Hey, man. I've been saying it for the last couple of weeks. You know, Dallas looks good. Dallas looks good. You know, they, they're, they're you know, easing Dak along. They're not taking any chances with Dak because they know they ride and die with Dak. And that's any, that's any NFL team with a, a star, superstar quarterback. Can't take your chances with that. So, that being said, like you said, all their pieces, Trayvon Diggs, you know, now, you know, got people scared to throw to his side of the field. That changes your defense completely. 
when, when you got a, a quarterback or a team period scared to throw to one side of the field because there's a certain play, person over there, it changes the defense. Now you can get a little bit more aggressive. You can go after the quarterback more. But they're, they're, they're a force, man. They are a force. And um, if the Rams stay healthy, they got Matthew Stafford, which was a hell of an upgrade. And, you know, we'll see how Von Miller plays out. You know, that would be a great NFC championship, the Rams and the Cowboys. That would be entertaining. That high-powered Cowboys offense against one of the best corners in the league, the best defensive lineman in the league in Aaron Donald, and one of the pat, one of the greatest pass rushers the NFL has seen and future Hall of Famer Von Miller. So, yeah, this is, this is going to be an interesting setup. Um, but the Cowboys are for real, ladies and gentlemen. And I know if you bleed burgundy and gold, you don't want to hear that. But they are. They're for real. They were for real last year. The offense was at least. The offense was for real last year. Don't forget that got hurt and was still leading the league, I think, for a week or two after he got hurt and passing. So, yeah, KG, I agree with you, man. It's, it's, a, it's time to look out for the star, man. Yeah, I mean, 25 years in the making, and then they'll probably run around still saying we them boys for another 25 years. But, hey, this is the only time I'm giving you this pass. So, uh, but I'm taking Dallas against Denver. Sorry, Delonte. Uh, yeah, man, this is – this oh, may be more than – apologize. <laughs> 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 This may be more than a, a nine nine and a half point victory. Um, Minnesota travels to Baltimore. Baltimore six six point favorites. Over under is fifty. Uh, I guess I'll say Baltimore now. But I don't know. I'm just not impressed with Minnesota. What you guys think about Minnesota? Uh, the the word that comes to mind when I think of Minnesota is inconsistency. Um. Take the Dallas game from last week as a prime example. Uh, certain parts they look good, and then the other parts they look lost. Uh, inconsistency in the NFL gets you nowhere, really. So I think until they become consistent, it's going to be like a borderline struggle. So um, I I got Baltimore winning this one. Uh, it's not going to be a blowout, but I, I'll give them I'll probably a, a, a touchdown. Uh, something like twenty-seven to twenty. Well, um, I always say when I'm, you know, when you see a team on the field lost, looking, you know, like they don't know what plays to run and stuff, that's coaching. And I think that <clears throat> Minnesota's gonna have to upgrade their coaching soon, but. I'm taking Baltimore. Minnesota's a good team, and Minnesota's one of those teams that can come out, Kirk Cousins, you know, find a sensu bean and throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns, and Justin Jefferson's on. They can, they can, they can, they can get you. They can clip you. But I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen with Baltimore today. But I'm going to take Baltimore. I'm going to take Lamar Jackson. I'm going to take consistency. Mm, I'll take that. Consistency over everything. Uh, next up, ain't really got to spend too much time on this. I don't understand why the line is so low, but New England versus Carolina in Carolina. New England's three and a half point favorite over under 41 and a half. Don't know why the line is so low. 
but I'll take New England in that one, fellas. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take New England in that one as well. Um, I think the whole Carolina hype has, has more than died down. It's, it's probably like ice cold at this point, like like ice capades cold. Um, I don't even know if Sam Donald's playing today. Uh, it's just, you know, it, it, it was good while it lasted. One of those. Um, it's like a high school relationship. You know what I'm saying? Good while it lasted. But now, back to reality. So, I got New England winning this one, uh, 26 to 14. KG, you don't really know why this line is so low? No, nah, I don't. Because New England is a pretty good a good team. I would think this line would be at least six favored by New England. Okay. But what about the guy on the other side of the ball now that knows the whole New England playbook? It's Stephon Gilmore. Mm. I forgot about that aspect. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Because that's, that's who they're going to play. That guy knows it. Not only is he a top-end corner, an elite corner, but he knows their playbook in and out. So that's going to give the Carolina defense a slight advantage, and Bill Belichick knows this. And, you know, if anybody can prepare their team for that type of challenge, it's Bill Belichick. One of the, still one of the, the best coaches, the greatest coaches of all time, even, you know, losing number 12. So that's, that's the challenge New England faces. Mac Jones, your rookie, going up against an elite corner, and Stephon Gilmore, and I'm sure Bump and Runner is going to be ready to go today because you know he's playing his old team. And it was—I don't think there's any hard feelings. I just think you know, anytime you go up against your former team, you want to you want to ball out. So I think that's part of the uh, you know the line uh, there. Well. I mean, it makes sense. You brought that in the, into the equation. That makes perfect sense. So we shall see. I'm taking New England. So <laughs> uh, Carolina, I, I agree with Delonte. That that luster, that 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 oomph that was there at the beginning of the season, gone. Um, next up in the one o'clock frame, Jacksonville Jaguars host Buffalo BJ's Buffalo Bills. Buffalo's a fourteen and a half point favorite, forty eight and a half over under. Uh, I mean, I think this is a no-brainer. Give me Buffalo in a landslide. Buffalo can put up 40 points on you in a heartbeat. Sorry, mute button one. Uh, my bad, mute button one. Um, yeah, this is this is a no-brainer. Um, I got Buffalo winning this one. And like KZ said, they can definitely put up points quick in a hurry. Um... Uh, I got them winning 38 to uh, 14. You know what? I feel like I feel like Big Jim when he talk about Big Ben Roethlisberger because I feel like he's probably in a very, very small slew of Steelers fans that feel the way he does about Big Ben. And I'm probably in a very, very small slew of Buffalo fans that feel like this team can do way better than what they're doing. So uh, – the left guard that got absolutely blown up in the Tennessee game, and it was probably the reason why Josh Allen left his feet because he had that turbo force win go past him from 76 getting blown up. Feliciano is out on IR, I think, with a calf issue. I think he has to be there for at least, is it three weeks, I think? Mm-hmm. So they, they had to bring somebody else up, which I'm fine with. It's still, you know, we, we're in the midway of the season. You get to see 
what you got. Um, but I know I'm in the minority when I say, you know, this Buffalo Bills line is a C minus line. This is a below average line. Um, you know, I was thinking before the show came on, you know, earlier today, like who's the weak spot in the line? And it's just like pick somebody. It, it, it could be it could be anybody at any time, all five, it, it, you know, um, some I play a little bit better than the others. But I think what saves this line is Josh Allen's legs, you know, from from not, ex, you know, exposing this line to be a complete dumpster fire. But you go to Jacksonville today, you play a, a Jacksonville Jaguars team that you're supposed to be last week coming out of the bye week. I didn't like what I saw them coming out super slow and struggling. You know, they got got some, you know, something going at the end of the game. But this has been Buffalo's problem. This has been Buffalo's problem. It seemed like they can't get the ball to Stephon Diggs. I think Gabe Davis is still um, still nursing an injury because he hasn't really been a part of the offense at all. And I, I really expected him to, to jump up. And Josh Allen, if you pay attention, um, every game he's overthrown Emmanuel Sanders. Every game. And I'm not, you know, complaining about Josh overthrowing. I'm just saying he's he's overthrown. Emmanuel Sanders have been open. So maybe Emmanuel Sanders' father can send in a video to Buffalo and show that he's open and Josh is missing him. But this is a very, very slow start of tense. It's very – if you're a Bills fan and you have Super Bowl aspirations, it's very worrisome because I keep saying this. That offensive line is going to get smashed in the, in the playoffs. This team is not making it out of the AFC. And I know we're just talking about Jacksonville today, but I'm talking about long-term. That offensive line, from what I saw from Tennessee, let's just talk about the two teams that beat Buffalo, Tennessee and Pittsburgh. What did they have problems with? That offensive line was getting eight up. They're going to have to fix that. They got time. It's only week nine. You have to adjust something. You have, you're going to have to do something to, to rectify that. But I'm going to take the Bills today in Jacksonville. I am, I am liking what I see on the defensive line. They still could get to the quarterback a little bit better, but I like what I see. They have made improvements. Um, defense, secondary, flying around like they always do. I don't think Tredavious White gets the, the credit he deserves as being a top corner in his league, especially not last week against Miami because they kept throwing the ball to his side. So he definitely doesn't get that respect, I believe. But uh, you'll learn your, your, your lesson when you throw it at middle of the field to, to Poirier and Micah Hyde. So um, Milano, Edmonds, they're doing their thing. You know, I love Greg Russo from Miami. Um, but – we're going to see. I want to see them come out together. I want to see them come out and just slit the, the, the Jaguars' throat off the break. When, 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 as soon as the national anthems finish, I want to see a Jaguar on the field twitching because they, they're sitting there bleeding out. That's what I want to see. I, I, I don't want to see a slow start. I don't want to see this team struggling against the damn Jacksonville Jaguars. It's supposed to be an upper echelon AFC team. At some point this season, they're going to have to show that. Because I ain't seen this high-powered offense that y'all keep talking about. I see an offense that's getting garbage time points at the defense that got tired. That's what I'm seeing. 
I'm not just seeing an offense come out there and just and, and put their will down on somebody and break the defense and spirits like we can't do nothing with these guys. Kind of like what Tennessee did to the Buffalo defense a couple of weeks ago. So give me Buffalo. Give me the line. They better get it. That's why I'm I'm taking line. They better they better be what's the line? 14 and a half? Yeah, 14 and a half. They better beat them by three touchdowns. I want to see the Buffalo Bills be dominant today. That's what I want to see. This is this is their sec, second half of the season. Got your bye week out the way. Let's go. It's time to it's time to come out the gate swinging. That's what I want to see. I want to see this offensive line push somebody on the ground. Somebody, but give me the bills, give me the points. They better come through. All right. Moving down to the four o'clock frame with 425 frame. Kansas City hosting Green Bay. Kansas City seven point favorites. No Aaron Rodgers. Uh haven't heard anything about Patrick Mahomes. I think he's playing. Only quarterback that I know that's out today is Tua Tungavailoa. I got it right. And he has a small fraction of his middle finger, but Patrick Mahomes is clear to go. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is in COVID protocol, so Packers and Chiefs. Fellas? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I, everybody knows Kansas City has struggled and everything, but um, it's one of those games where they will uh, – they'll, they'll play good and they'll win. Uh, I, I think no Aaron Rodgers, that's going to make a hell of a difference. Um, but you know, I don't want them to be like, ah, oh, we beat Green Bay. Ah, y'all beat the Green Bayless with Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers. You know, let's 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 just let's state the entire facts. But um, I'll take the Chiefs. It's gonna be close. Mahomes. I don't want to say the R word, but uh, I've heard you know, people, couple people whisper regression. Uh, you know, in, in that Giants game, he looked terrible. So, uh, give me the Chiefs. Um, uh, it's going to be 20 to 17, one of those type of games. Uh, very interesting game. Who, who The quarterback for um, Green Bay is now Love, right? It's supposed to be, but didn't they go out and get uh, – who did they – they Blake, got somebody Blake off the Bortles. street. Yeah, Blake Bortles off the street. They got Blake Bortles off the street. I, I, I wouldn't – think they would start him off the shelf. I think they would start their number two. I mean who's but, supposed um, to be your heir apparent? Yeah, I, I would I would think so. So is uh are they do they have the three receivers they were missing last Thursday? Do they have Devontae Adams? Do they have all these guys? And this this game is being played where? In Kansas City. It's in Kansas City. Um I'm trying to um I'm sorry, I'm trying to get to my picks because I want to know what I picked. I picked Kansas City, but I'm I'm starting to regret that pick a little bit because I think the Green Bay defense, you know, with that Chiefs offense struggling like it is, is still a better unit. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they get out the quarterback play. Of course, it's not Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I guess I'll stick to my Kansas City pick. I think, you know, you know, in Kansas City, a little bit of home cooking. Um, I think Mahomes is pressing too much, man. I think, you know, trying to force something to happen. Um, they just got to get back to to the basics, man. Get back to the basics and um, 
you know, get Kelsey in involved, get some get some ground game going, get some confident got confidence booster passes in, and you know, give me give me Kansas City edging out Green Bay. Um, I, I think it'll be a close one because you know I think the the Packers offense is going to struggle a little bit moving the ball, but I think they'll get going because they're still talented and they still got one of the best receivers in the game. So, but I'm a, I'm going to take the Chiefs edging them out. Well, I'm taking the Chiefs anyway because I need Mahomes to have a damn good game because he has let me down in fantasy quite often. So, I need Mahomes to have a damn hey, good I game. I have Tyreek Hill, so uh-huh. yeah, I got Tyreek Hill sitting and I'm currently projected to lose my fantasy game and uh you know i most of my my studs on a bye week so that didn't help either but hey it's the world of fantasy it is what it is sometimes you gotta sacrifice and take that l versus cutting somebody that you're gonna need you know yeah that's the truth and you know in our fantasy league think about this this is this is how the pecking order is in our fantasy league the first four teams are all seven and one. The five and six team, which round out the, the 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 playoffs, four and four. Then you got two four and four teams at seven and eight, a three and five, and everybody else is two and six, except for we got one and seven at 14. Man, it, it's like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. And here's the thing. Everybody's going to come on and ball this second half. And it's going to be a lot of parity. It's going to be a fight to get to the playoffs alone. Everybody's going to fight each other tooth and nail. And it's going to be beautiful. That's what I love. But uh, I'm taking the Chiefs in this game. Mm, 27-20. Over-under is 48. So I'm going to pick the under on that. So um, last but not least. Oh, let me jump into this one because Lady C is here. So I don't want to leave her out. Her Saints hosting the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, divisional matchup, six-point favorites for the Saints, 41 and a half. No Jameis. Um, are the Saints winning this game? I mean, the, the Falcons find new ways to lose anyway. So the Falcons can be up 21 to nothing in the fourth quarter with two minutes left, and they'll still find a way to lose 22-21. But Saints-Falcons, who y'all got? I, um, yep, just like you said, that the Falcons of, of all the teams in the league, they scare me the most. They scare me the most. I I haven't picked them. I won't pick them. Uh, I will never pick them. I got the Saints winning. Uh, and it, it, it's it's gonna be a close one because um, your boy Hill, he's still trying to kind of come into his own as a quarterback, quarterback. Um, or I don't even know if Simeon's playing. I, I, I gotta check. Uh, my apologies for that research, but nonetheless, I'll take the Saints. Uh, it'll be a close. Uh, 27 to 24. Hey, man, the Saints surprised all of us taking out the Bucks, And, you know, shouldn't be a surprise because that's a divisional game. And I said, you know, with the Miami-Buffalo game last week, division, anything can happen. But I'm going to take the Saints. The, the, the Falcons are what they are. They're super inconsistent, um, and then they always mess up your picks. That's what they do. That's who the Atlanta Falcons are. They mess my picks. They've been messing my picks up 
since we started this podcast in 2017. I'm taking the Saints today. I got more more confidence in the Saints. They got Mark Ingram. Um, I don't know if he's going to be playing today or they're going to give him another week, but that would be nice to see that Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, you know, combination on the ground. And then, um, you know, they get, they're get just better coach, man, you know. Give me the Saints. I ain't. I, I won't. I won't make the mistake from last week. <laughs> Lady C chimed in in the text window. Saints is scary with Simeon, but Saints. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, I'm taking the Saints too. N- no doubt in my mind. Um, final game with a 425 frame. Arizona visiting San Francisco. Another divisional matchup. Kyler Murray is game time decision with the ankle. Arizona, three-point underdogs to San Francisco. Over-under is 45. What y'all think about this one? I'm, I'm not sure how they underdog. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, I don't understand it. Um, I, I got Arizona winning. I think they'll bounce back from um, last week's uh, gaffe, as, as I've been calling it. Um, you know, just, you know, a... a, a Clean miscommunication between Green and um and Kyler, but they'll uh, they'll come back um and win. Kyler or not, uh, I'm gonna be bold and say that Kyler or not, they'll win today. Uh, I'm gonna throw thirty to twenty one. Uh, I think DeAndre Hopkins is doubtful too. I think that might be why you're seeing the line the way it is. I think he's having issues also. Um. I think if DeAndre Hopkins isn't there, Kyler Murray has to play for this team to win. If if they're missing Murray and Hopkins, then it's going to be the Niners. So I can't even. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to toss this one up in the air. I can't even make a pick because I have Kyler Murray. He's my starting QB. I had to put Baker in because of the you know the, the game game time decision. So I'll be watching that myself and uh, combing Twitter to see if you know they give him the green light. I think if they give him the green light, he'll 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 do enough to get the Arizona Cardinals past the 49ers, even without DeAndre Hopkins. But it's just an all-if game. So, uh, for me, I can't make this pick, man. I'm going to have to sit on the sideline right now. I'll probably uh, – I think I picked Arizona. I don't even know who I picked. I have to look at my uh, – the what you call them, but I don't know who I picked. I, I might have picked Arizona, but we shall see. I'm taking Arizona in this one. I think Arizona, I mean, San Francisco is a good team, but I don't think they're beating Arizona. I'm sorry. So you got to give me Arizona with this one. Going to be a close one. Arizona late. Mm, 26-23. There I see it. It's going to be, a, but it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. And then tomorrow night, on I'm sorry, tonight, you know, the return of Adrian Peterson. I know, BJ, you ain't too happy about that. <laughs> oh, man. But AP is back in the league. Um, I'm surprised they didn't go get Frank Gould, but, hey, it is what it is. Uh, he's in the Tennessee Titans uniform probably for the rest of the season. Uh, building up his Hall of Fame case even more. Uh, but... We got games started. Hopefully, everybody set their clocks back. And we got games starting at 1. 
my Washington football team is off today. Uh, Jim and Junie's <laughs> Jim and Junie's Pittsburgh Steelers play tomorrow night. They're six and a half point favorites over the Chicago Bears. Uh, so you just get Delonte, Lacey, and the Boss BJ's teams playing today. So those are the teams that we're gonna be running with and rolling with. So it's almost twelve o'clock. Set those fantasy lineups and get everything ready. Get yourself settled in for today. Good slate of football. Uh, I'm ready for it, but uh, we got to get out of here. Uh, any last words, fellas, before we go? Nah, I'm- Delonte? Um, yeah, I'm my bad. Mute button one again. I'm, I'm good, <laughs> man. I'm just uh, you know, just ready for uh, some games and trying to you know, saying a quick prayer, you know, saying a quick prayer. Indeed, indeed. Uh, so, for the man of the hour, the boss BJ, Lady C in the text window, the Swamp Queen, I'm the big guy KG. We don't do no overtime. We are out of here. Peace out.